Welcome to the Humans and Earth podcast. We bring you inspiration and practical resources for healing our planet and ourselves. It's time for soulful contributions that regenerate life on Earth. I'm Shara Arman, a thought leader and teacher who believes we're ready to renew Earth and heal ourselves in the process. You can find our work online at humansandearth.com and on Instagram at School Humans Earth. I'd love for you to be on our newsletter list and receive our updates on Instagram. Please share our work at the School for Humans and Earth with anyone you think might be interested and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast so that we can include more and more people in the regeneration revolution that I believe is happening on planet Earth. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome back to Humans and Earth. This is Shara Arman. And I'm bringing you today some thoughts on how to fall in love with Earth and why that matters. It is late summer, just about fall, where I live in the Northern Hemisphere. And I'm experiencing some really enjoyable abundance right now. A few years ago, I planted the Chinese herb Gynostemma, also known as Jiaoglan. I hope I'm pronouncing that almost correctly. It's a wonderful anti-inflammatory herb that you can use to make tea. So I've been picking and drying that and enjoying the tea. And for the first year ever, we have a really big crop of figs from our Chicago fig tree. And so we've been eating a lot of figs and giving figs away and making jam and things like that. And my native pawpaw tree grove is producing really beautifully so similarly there, I've been giving pawpaws away and eating pawpaws and freezing some of the pulp to bake with later this fall or winter. This abundance is the result of me and my family welcoming these plants and fruit trees into our yard over the last 15 years. And you can certainly do the same, whether you have a windowsill space or a balcony or a small or large in-ground gardening space. There are so many outstanding resources right now on home gardening from YouTube to books and newsletters and all kinds of other materials. One resource among many that I like is the book Fresh Food in Small Spaces by Rupin Fall. And I always direct people to the publishing house Chelsea Green, which publishes a lot of the most wonderful new cutting-edge books on home permaculture, home herbalism, home gardening, sustainable gardening and agriculture, and things like that. One thing that I have been reflecting on lately is that those of us who are not directly experiencing crisis right now need to hold a space of peace and love and gratitude to uphold everyone who is directly experiencing crisis. So for example, in the Philadelphia area where I live, we had 
the edges, pretty powerful edges of a hurricane come through a few weeks ago. And my town was unscathed. We had a whole bunch of rain, but we had very few problems where I live. And certainly my household was fine. Although within 30 to 60 minutes of me, some really serious flooding and building damage and road damage occurred. And that reminded me that I'm in the position of ease right now. I didn't experience storm damage. I certainly have had my share of crisis and tumult. It's on my mind to share here on the podcast at some point what I went through a few years ago with mold in my house and how that turned out to be a very, very taxing and traumatic, but also quite interesting spiritual transformation, both for me and my house. But that's a story for another day. My point right now is I've been very aware lately that those of us who are not experiencing tumult and crisis need to be the light for those who are. And additionally, or relatedly, as challenging weather and other national and global conflicts and emergencies come in and out of the scene, it's so important to not stay endlessly in a space of upset because that's a very hard chemistry for our minds and bodies to run. And as I've talked about in a prior episode on wise focus, the biochemistry of anxiety and fear are quite toxic for our bodies over the long term. They're actually inflammatory and they also inhibit our creative responses to what the world needs. So to state this in a very strong way, I would almost go so far as to say, if you are not directly and personally experiencing crisis, how dare you be in a space of upset about the world's crises? Because if you're not currently being affected or afflicted by a crisis or a big challenge, arguably it's your role to hold that energy of peace and serenity and optimism and joy and love, not put yourself kind of needlessly and unhelpfully into the place of anxiety and worry and upset. So I really invite and challenge you to reflect on that and to assess how you can be a presence of stability and joy and well-being there are always some people who, who really can't because they are directly experiencing crisis. When the world is tumultuous, there is certainly a tremendous need for gratitude and peace. Gratitude and peace and being in love with the earth nurture us and create the kind of energetic environment that fosters creativity and healing and regeneration, both within us and in our actions. So I invite you to pause and remember that it is possible to be so in love with this planet and feel vast appreciation for the exquisite privilege of being here. Not that it's always totally easy to be here on Earth, because it's not, but it can still be an exquisite privilege. So there are two ways to fall in love or be in love with Earth that I recommend today. And the first is to notice that you are surrounded by beings that you can appreciate. 
Maybe it's the lusciousness of a ripe piece of fruit or a beautiful stone in your hand or your room. Maybe it's the amazing transporting aroma of fir tree sap or the astonishingly luscious smell of warm, healthy soil in a meadow or forest. Maybe you can appreciate the flash of color of a bluebird or a cardinal or another colorful bird where you live, or indeed the elegance and grace of any bird. You can certainly appreciate and admire and respect the focus of all the animals who hunt and gather daily to survive. And wherever you live, even if it's primarily indoors or primarily in an urban setting, you can see the changing sky. You can sense the softness of air and clouds, the way that the light shifts from moment to moment and hour to hour and the ecstasy of drinking water when you're thirsty or moving in water. Even standing in your kitchen, looking out a window at a little bit of greenery or maybe a bird or an insect, you actually can experience being on this planet as bliss. If you can go out into a wild place, it might be maybe easier to experience being on earth as bliss, but I have definitely experienced it simply standing in the building and looking outside and just feeling the wonder of this planet. And again, people who are actively currently experiencing crisis may not be able to be in this space of being in love with earth and knowing that it's an exquisite privilege to be here. So, if you are not actively experiencing crisis, or even if you are and, and you're able to, to take a calm moment, notice that you are surrounded by beings, things, weather patterns, and places that you can appreciate. The Canadian scientist David Suzuki published a book a number of years ago called Wisdom of the Elders and it's a gathering of Native American creation stories. Suzuki tells of one tribe's creation story, and he doesn't name the tribe affiliated with this story, so I'm not sure which tribe it is. And this creation story indicates that the surface of earth is heaven, the most desirable place for humans to live. So in this indigenous tribe's creation story, humans started off underground inside the earth. And when we had the opportunity to emerge onto the surface, we realized this is paradise. You might know that the Judeo-Christian and Islamic traditions of religion are more likely to portray earth as a stopping place where we pause on the way to someplace better, some distant heaven above earth. But I find it so illuminating to consider this indigenous perspective what if this is heaven? What if there is nothing like experiencing ripe fruit or moving clouds in the sky or bird song or your feet on the grass? What if there's nothing like that anywhere else? 
My second recommendation is that you can notice that you're surrounded by beings who need our protection or assistance. I went to a new dentist yesterday and when I tried to pull into a parking space, I noticed that there was a very small baby bunny cowering in panic in the middle of this parking lot. So I parked my car and got out. The bunny was clearly old enough to be away from its mother. It was, you know, it, it was a bunny that would fill my palm and it had all of its fur and its eyes were wide open. It was fully developed. But I could tell it was absolutely terror stricken because even when I approached, it didn't move. So I was able to shoo it into a little strip of grass. So at least it was off the asphalt. And I ran into the dentist's office and asked if they had a box because I looked around and I saw there was no way for this baby bunny to escape from the parking lot. Parking lot was surrounded by roads and asphalt and concrete. I'm really not even sure how this little creature found its way into the parking lot. There was a house with a backyard, but there was a big fence and most of the parking lot was very much surrounded by asphalt and concrete. It really didn't feel correct to me to leave the baby bunny in the parking lot. And since I couldn't see any place in the vicinity where it looked like a small rabbit could thrive, when I had gone back out to the parking lot with the box, the bunny was cowering against a car tire. And as I tried to get into the box, it hopped a few feet and cowered against another car tire. Clearly, it was not going to be safe in this parking lot. So getting it into a box and out of the parking lot really seemed like the right thing to do. I decided that I would bring it home to my gardens. So I really did not enjoy the dentist appointment very much because I was concerned about this tiny creature tucked into the cardboard box in the hallway of the dentist's office. And as I drove home, I was concerned because I knew that this little creature was so frightened that it might die before I could even get it into my safe gardens. But I got home and called my son out to see it and we opened the box and there it was, perfectly fine, although still very scared. And I let him take a picture. It was really the most charming little creature and I just longed to pick it up and snuggle it to my chest, but of course I didn't do that. So I carried the box to one of the quietest and wildest corners of my yard and opened the box and recognized that the bunny was too frightened to leave the box. So I very gently tried to tip it out and saw that it was trying to cling onto the slippery cardboard with its little claws. So I thought, you know, it's fine for it to stay in the box for a little while. I set up the box so that the bunny would only have to move about six or eight inches to get into the garden bed. And this is, as I said, kind of a wilder area with lots of shrubberies. And it, it is a place where mother rabbits have chosen to build their nests before. So I knew that it is a rabbit preferred location in my yard. We stepped away and an hour or so later, my son checked and reported that the bunny had left the box. Now, I don't feel like any kind of hero for doing this. It's possible that baby bunny will be eaten by a fox sometime soon, or that it was so terrified by being trapped in the parking lot that it won't live. But what felt really important to me was to not leave it stuck in the parking lot. 
I'm not any kind of hero, but I did the best that I could for brother, sister, creature in that moment. And we all have these opportunities. You know, you can stomp on an insect or leave it alone or gently capture it in a glass and put it outside. And you can choose to either use chemicals that harm nature or not use chemicals that harm nature. You can choose to plant native plants that produce berries and seeds and will feed the birds or squirrels or insects, whatever wildlife you have. I have certainly found that as I have planted many fruiting and edible and native plants over the last 15 years, my small yard is a paradise of insects and birds and squirrels and chipmunks and shrews and all kinds of creatures. And it, it didn't really take a lot of effort or money for me to plant all of these plants. So just notice that, yes, it's challenging to be a human being for sure. And we are living in a time of tremendous shift and challenge, but the wild creatures also need our support and people around you need your support. So along with noticing that Anywhere you are on planet Earth, you're surrounded by beings you can appreciate. You can also notice that you're surrounded by beings who need our protection, and you can look for ways to offer that protection or support. It's really so easy, and it can be as simple as just planting native plants or not using chemicals in your yard or leaving a corner of your yard to be a wilder sanctuary for the animals. Whether you're experiencing ease and peace in your life right now or tumult, you can take comfort and delight in being in love with earth. No matter where you live, you can probably see the sky and feel the breezes and touch the ground. What if this is heaven or some kind of paradise and we forgot that that was the case? A lot of our religious traditions are more likely to portray earth as a stopping place where we pause on the way to someplace better, some distant heaven above earth. What if this is some kind of heaven? You can absolutely be in love with being here. And that requires pausing to notice the beauty and the nurturing that you receive from earth every day. Certainly anytime that you eat, you're receiving nurturing from the earth and anytime you inhale oxygen. And you can also give support and aid and protection wherever you can. I hope you'll follow me on Instagram at School Humans Earth. And if you are not yet on our mailing list, there's a new gift available when you sign up for our newsletter at humansandearth.com. It's a guide to transforming eco-anxiety into eco-inspiration. This is so needed right now. So I hope you'll take a look at that PDF gift when you sign up for the newsletter at humansandearth.com and engage with me in transforming eco-anxiety into eco-inspiration so that you can be the healing, helping, regenerative presence that is so much needed right now. Also, if you take a look at humansandearth.com forward slash mentoring, you can learn that I am available to support you 
if you are looking to discern or deepen or expand the contribution that you're making to regeneration for people and planet. Whether you're doing that on the scale of your home space or your neighborhood or community or on a much larger national or global scale, it is really my honor and pleasure to guide you through a number of steps and processes that can help you be very clear about what you feel called to contribute and how to do that. Thank you so much for listening today. I urge you to fall in love with Earth and feel free to let me know what you experience. Thank you for listening to Humans and Earth. Please share this episode to broaden engagement in the regeneration our world needs. You'll find social media links in the show notes. To explore our other offerings, visit www.humansandearth.com. Humans and Earth's ebook on informed optimism? It's called A Guide to Informed Optimism Things to Know and Explore to Feel Hopeful About the Human Future with Earth. It's time to be aware that although our problems are serious, healing solutions are already in place. If you hear only the bad news, you might feel hopeless. But once you realize that all around the planet, people are changing the human presence from damaging to restorative, you can feel inspired instead. This is informed optimism. Being alert to the need for Earth's restoration and becoming excited about how much progress we're already making while discovering how you can participate. Explore a guide to informed optimism things to know and explore to feel hopeful about the human future with Earth, to learn about eight global movements that are restoring the human-Earth relationship, regenerating Earth's systems, and creating jobs and well-being for people. Eight initiatives with the potential to create enormous healing for people and planet. Regenerative food production, renewable energy, renewable and regenerative manufacturing, regenerative land care, natural wellness approaches, communication with Earth's beings, and more. Informed optimism inquiry questions throughout the ebook help you consider how you feel as you learn about restorative solutions, how you would like to see them advance, and how you are attracted to participate. Find informed optimism at www.humansandearth.com slash courses. It's only $7.